insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host, agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance here in North Alabama. And I am joined today by first team All-American, great American, great insurance agent, and I am lucky and blessed to have him as a friend. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Thought leader, the incomparable Bradley Flowers. How you doing, Bradley? You touched my heart with that, Scott. Woo! Before we get started, guys, girls, insurance agents, we are going to be talking about how to build referral partners. Guys, I don't know that there's anything more important in the insurance business. I really don't. If you think you're going to be the old state farm agent, former high school football coach that's going to sit there and aggressively wait for the phone to ring, Bradley, would you agree those days are just about over? Those days are completely over. Sha na na na. Hey, 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 goodbye. Yeah, I'm afraid so. I, I tell you one thing that it doesn't bother me as much as it used to, but I still get it pretty frequently. We have people come in our office and they'll be like, Where's Scott? Why's Scott not here? When that happens, if I happen to be there, I always say, Guys, I'm sorry that I can't sit here and just wait for the phone to ring all day and work on uh you know, billing accounts and uh, how to change out a vehicle. But if I'm doing that, then we're not growing. Our business is not growing. I get the same thing, Scott. Before we get started on referral partners, guys, today we're going to be talking about how to build referral partners in your business and your insurance business specifically. But really, you know, I've, I've listened to a few of the podcasts we've done. Guys, you don't have to be in the insurance business to listen to this. This podcast really kind of applies to a lot of different businesses out there. I hope that we do pick up some business owners, entrepreneurs that maybe aren't necessarily in the insurance business. Because I think if you just change the word from insurance to XYZ, you kind of get the same thing. What about it, Bradley? What do you think? I agree 100%. Yeah. Today, before we get started, because this is something I'm dealing with right now, we've had some we've had some rate increases in the state of Alabama. Really, you and I have talked about this. Everybody in the United States of America, every company is taking rate, uh, especially in auto insurance right now because of distracted driving and just a lot of different factors. How do you deal with, what is your process, Bradley, to deal with when you get a customer, member, client, whatever you want to call them, they call the office and they give you the warning shot that, hey, if you don't get my insurance premium down, I'm leaving. What is your process to deal with that? How do you deal with that? Well, like you said, every company in the state of Alabama or in the United States uh, is taking a rate increase on car insurance. So now is the perfect time than any to deal with this because I'm dealing with this literally daily. And I tell this to my team members as well is the very first words out of my mouth or out of anybody's mouth needs to be, well, everybody had a, a rate increase. That way, right. that, that sort of sort of tones down the urge to shop. And they're like, well, crap, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time shopping if, if I'm going to be getting you know high rates everywhere that that needs to be the first thing out of your mouth and a lot of times you know I had a lady in my office um back in late may i think the last day of may she was as hostile as as anybody has ever been in my office 
And I actually uh, proposed to my fiance a couple of days later, and I just bought the ring right before this lady walked in my office. And, and I was like, I was telling her, oh, I'm about to propose, like trying to make her like, hey, you know, back off of me a little bit, you know, don't be so harsh. And, and buddy, she was hostile. And it was because of uh, her car insurance rate went up. And a lot of times what people will find in those situations is, is, is it's not that much. The ones who are the most hostile, it's not that much. The, the big thing is, is, is a lot of times those customers just want to be handled, Scott. You know, I'll sit down with them and say, look, you know, let's let's take a look at the policy. And and, you know, Scott, with car insurance, I mean, a lot of people think we can press the magic button that says rate increase or rate decrease when that's one of those things. It just is what it is. You know, a lot of times on the home side and the commercial side, I know there's there's certain things that, that we can adjust to maybe get the rate down. But with car insurance, typically there's no way to get that rate down without cutting coverages. Um, but one of those ways to, to maybe massage that rate a little bit is the first thing we'll look at is, is you know, their mileage. Are they retired and they still on a commuter class, that sort of thing. Um, right. And I and I roll through this with them. I'm not not telling them what I'm doing. I'm telling them, okay, we're going to look at your mileage. All right, now we're going to look at your coverage. Now we're going to look at you know you know cert, certain discounts and that sort of thing. And and typically with us, we don't we don't miss discounts. I don't know that I've ever had a client that we missed a discount on uh, in five years. But uh, you know I know that's the case with some companies. They do do that and um, they want to do their 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 checks. So a lot of times after I roll through this, the client will say, all right, well we'll just leave it like it is. Right. You know, they don't want to make any of those changes. And I mean, sometimes, I mean, you can rob Peter to pay Paul, you know, you can raise your deductible for six months and then hopefully the rate goes down and then you lower it back down. Um, but a lot of times even they don't want to do that. You know, I had a lady in my office the other day. It was like, I cannot pay this. There's no way I can pay this. I don't have enough money in my checking account, blah, blah, blah. And I went through this process and by the end of the, at the end of the thing, she's writing me a check for the original amount. She's like, I don't want to mess with anything. So, and that's what I tell my, my CSRs is a lot of times those people, they just want to be handled. They just want you to hear them out, let them vent, and they want to know that you care. And by looking at this, it shows them that you care. They don't want, they don't want to think that you are blindly taking their money and not doing anything about it and not looking at their policy. So a lot of times they just want to be handled. And so that's how, that's how we handle it. Obviously, it doesn't work in every situation. And you have those people that are shopped. They're going to shop regardless. If somebody's willing to leave me over a few dollars, I don't want them anyway. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, we're kind of dealing with that at my office right now as well. We took rate in the state of Alabama with nationwide insurance. Really, mo- really majority of that was on auto uh, rate increase. But uh, June, I want to say June 24th. So we're getting, people are starting to get renewals each month and, and they're seeing their bill go up and, and we're starting to get some of those calls. And, you know, I have what I call the Scott Howell three-day reaction formula, which means First of all, blessed and happy and glad that most of my members or clients are going to give me a three-day notice before they leave me. In other words, they call me and they say, hey, Scott, insurance went up. If you can't do something about it, I'm going to have to go. And to me, that is, I I hate that that happens from time to time, but I'm also thankful that at least they didn't just send a fax canceling their insurance. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. They at least give you a shot. That's the one. To me, those those are the ones that, that hurt the most. Right. Are the ones that you just get a cancellation letter, or that you know the damage is already done. You right. know, it shows no loyalty at all, which means that we didn't do our job. And, exactly. And that's what I tell people. You know, if you're unhappy about anything, whether it be the rate or whatever, you know, come to me first. Right. And and hopefully, I if there's an issue, I've caught it beforehand. But at least let's at least talk about it, because yeah. once they paid that money at that other company, 
um, you're pretty much SOL with, with getting them back at least until six months later. Exactly. And so what I tell my people, and I just got through having this conversation literally five minutes before we got on the podcast, we've got three days. You're on the clock. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit like a, almost like a game show where you're on the clock for three days. You know, you, you tell them we're going to get them something back in three days. If they fall through the cracks and you don't get back with them in a timely fashion, uh, and I tell you when we usually miss the mark on that is when we do do a bunch of work and then we figure out we can't really do anything about it. And then you don't, you don't get back in touch with them in a timely manner, then they're gone. Right. And, and we had, we had that happen this morning with a client that's been with me for, and he, and he's a shopper. He's one of those that, you know, we have, we have quite a few in our office that do the whole, you know, regardless of what their rate is when it comes to time for their premium to renew they're going to call and tell you that you need to get it down and those are the ones that usually you just know at some point they're they're going to leave i mean you can only do so much and then finally you just have to throw your hands up and say hey we, we've done everything we can but he, he was kind of one of those guys but it still hurts to, to see see him leave i had an old vice president of a, of a company insurance company tell me one time he'd only been there for about 40 years, but he said, when you lose one policy, you got to sell two to make up for it. And I never forgot him saying that. So I told the girls this morning, I said, well, we just lost three policies. That means we got to, we got to sell six to make up for it. So that's something that I always have thought about when we do lose somebody, you know, it's so much harder to go out and get new business and write new business than it is to just keep what you got. Right. I mean, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a tough thing and it's hard to swallow. But I think one of the things I talked about on the previous podcast is when you do lose somebody, don't, don't be an, don't be a complete asshole about it. Just love them up. Tell them how much you appreciate them having their business with you as long as you did and tell them you're there. If they ever, you know, if you can ever help them again, don't, don't do the whole bitchy, snippy, snappy. Can't believe you're leaving, making people feel bad because I think you're the one that said that's the, that's the best way not to ever, not to ever see them again. Right. I I have, (laughs) I had a client that I, that I'm actually writing, this morning, uh, or I say this morning, it's still morning time to me. I'm I've been up since about five a.m. My morning doesn't doesn't end till till three, which is when I usually eat lunch. But uh, I had a client this morning that I'm that I'm writing as soon as I get done here. That I asked her which office she was at, and she told me, and she said, "Well, how difficult is the leaving process going to be?" And, and this particular person has a reputation uh, for not making it easy. And I told her, I said, "Look, uh, when you cancel your business with them, you are never going to want to do business with them again." And so it only hurts you. It doesn't hurt right. anybody else if you make that process difficult. Right. Because right. I get more return business than anything else. So I get more people. My biggest percentage of clients that come to me from different areas, I get more people that are coming back to me than right. than new brand new clients. And um, it's because we make that leaving process easier. And we're going to follow up with them every six months. So I think you need to make that, that. I mean, I think you need to, I think there's a, you have to have a right blend. I mean, there's a, I have an insurance commercial where, in my head, and I don't mind telling this to the masses because I don't, I don't have time to do it. But I have a commercial in my head where a guy's on the phone talking to somebody and it sounds like he's breaking up with his girlfriend and he's actually canceling his insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be funny. And you need to make it that way. You need to, you don't need to make it easy in terms of emotional. I mean, you need to be like, oh man, you know, but make it seamless. Let there be no friction. Once it's done, it's done. There's nothing you can do. And I mean, and I've been guilty of, of showing my butt before, 
yeah, you know yeah. the, the and, and those are the ones that just completely shock you the the the, right. the cancellations that surprise you are the ones right. that that you end up doing something you shouldn't do but yeah i think i think you need to make that process seamless because they're going to need insurance in the future and if there's mm-hmm. any problems with xyz company down the street in 6 mm-hmm. months if you call them and they didn't have that same problem with you guess where they're going right you know and that's and that's one of the the valuable things i think scott of selling uh, needs-based life insurance, mm-hmm. not not hey buy this ten dollar month policy because your autos will go down. I'm talking about true needs-based sure. life insurance. If you're a PNC agent, because typically they don't cancel that life insurance. Exactly. And the first place they call when that other policy goes up or they have a problem with that other agent is going to be the, where they have their life insurance at, because everybody knows how beneficial it is to have everything in one place. Right. And if you've had a life insurance conversation with someone that you have the PNC for, you're going to reiterate that to them typically. You know, that's a great point. And, you know, one of the things that you realize when you get in the life insurance business, you know, people buy, buy a policy and then 10, 15, 20 years goes by and they don't understand a lot of times that you can't just call around and expect to get the, that same rate that you've got right now with Alpha uh, 10 or 15, 20 years after you've had the policy and, and a lot of times it takes them calling around and, and thinking that they're going to find something cheaper. And then they, you know, they realize that, Hey, I'm not 28 years old anymore. I'm 48. And that same policy that I have that I'm paying $35 a month for anywhere, anywhere in the U S I'm going to be paying $150 a month for. Well, here's the thing. Cause Scott, I'm 20 years older. Here's the thing too. A lot of people don't think about, is that most consumers don't realize that they have an insurance score. Right. They know about the credit score. They don't know about the insurance score. Well, Mm -hmm. if you swap Mm -hmm. insurance every year or every six Mm -hmm. months, your insurance Mm -hmm. score is progressively, no pun intended, progressively going up. Right. A lot of people don't realize. Did you know that, Scott? I did. I knew that. um, And the reason I say that is I just recently found that out. Yeah, I, I knew that I knew that they had an insurance score, and I knew that, and, and of course, we all have to explain this to people yeah, well, as not, well. I, not, I didn't just find the insurance score; I just found out that if they swap a lot, it goes up. Right. right. And we don't like to talk about credit in our office because it is such a sore spot. But a lot of people think that when they go to get their, you know, insurance quoted, that it's like going to a bank, and and their credit score is going to be, you know, really impacted by it. And so we. We have to talk a lot about that's what we call a soft hit on credit right, where right. they're really, you know, the company, no matter who you represent, the company is really just going in and taking a snapshot of that, that credit score rather yeah. than, and it's know, not full- just credit. I mean, it's that, that's a, lot, a big misconception. People think it's right. just credit. It's also likelihood to file a claim. It's how many claims right. have you filed in the past? How many different insurance companies have you been in the past? So some of these guys, there's a there's a, there's a, some of these attorneys do commercials that say you should shop your insurance every year and a half, and mm-hmm. well, all that is is helping that client or hurting that client because if you swap 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 swap, and this is one thing you need to tell your clients: the more you swap, your insurance rates are going to progressively go up because your insurance score is going to go up. Right. If you don't right. have something else to offset it. So what happens is, is you end up paying more in the long run than if you'd have just stayed with that original company that was $6.52 more. You know, I'll try to find this. I saw a diagram one time. It's been a few years ago, but it was a diagram. You may have seen this, Bradley, where somebody had gone in and done kind of a life cycle cost of insurance through different carriers. And what they found was 
between the people who swapped every year and the and the people who stayed with one company over their lifetime, the difference in cost was about three percent. That less. is that is really cool. I wish we could yeah. find that. Yeah, I saw that somewhere, and I can't remember where. It's probably in one of those those uh, monthly publications that you know. There's two or three companies that have. Uh, I'm trying Property and Casualty Magazine or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a diagram showing somebody had done a study of and see, that. And that. That doesn't need to be in Property and Casualty Magazine. That needs to be in freaking Forbes. <laughs> exactly. Because the clients aren't going to read Property and Casualty Magazine. I don't care how bad we want them to. That right. needs to be that needs to be in Huffington Post. And right. I mean, it's it's a fine line. I mean, I've talked about the whole swapping the insurance thing several times over the past couple of weeks uh, to people. And, and, a lot, and you may or may not know this. If you're listening, I do a lot of marketing and a lot of videos. And somebody asked me why I hadn't done one of those. Cause it's a fine line because I don't want to encourage someone to not get a quote from me. You know, if you're, sure. if you're getting screwed somewhere, you need to get a quote. But right. the point is, is don't be a, don't be a hopper. Right. Right. Don't be the guy that goes to the insurance company, has an accident. We pay out $18,000 and then you leave at renewal. Exactly. Well, and for all the agents that are listening to this right now, you know, and, and this can apply to other businesses as well. The longer you're in this business, the the quicker you can pick up on the shoppers. You can kind of tell who's going to be a shopper and who's not. And, um, and depending and on don't your, not your, write those people. Oh, absolutely. You just absolutely. have to know that you, you need to expect that, you know, and, sure. and you're not going to maybe go to a whole lot of trouble if they're on the laps list or something like that. Cause right. you know, I mean, they're, they're probably right. insured somewhere else. Right. And, and one trend, they're leaving. Yeah, and one trend that I found, Scott, you know, there, there's a lot of insurance companies. We don't do this. I don't know if, if Nationwide does this, but if somebody cancels, the, or let's say they don't cancel their insurance, let's say they just let it lapse with premium mm-hmm. due, they'll actually, I dealt with a situation like this this morning. Somebody came to me, and they had like $12 in earned premium, mm-hmm. and, which is premium that there was coverage for, but there was no, no pre, you know, premium was paid. Um, they actually uh, are going to send him a collection letter. And there's some companies doing that, and I think this is wise because the trend to, that I notice with these shoppers, it, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I don't necessarily agree with sending a client a collection letter over insurance, but I think the reason they're doing this is what people are doing is they won't call you at all mm-hmm. when they swap their insurance to make it easy. They'll just not pay it, and they mm-hmm. just let it lapse. And I've seen, I've seen that a lot. You know, people who's insurance, who's canceled their insurance, and I had no idea mm-hmm. because they just – I don't handle lapse list. They just let it lapse. Now, just because they lapse don't mean you need to assume they left, but I think that's a trend that I've noticed with a lot of the shoppers. What about you? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I tell you, we, we try our best in our office. You know, there, there's two schools of thought on the, the whole late, late pay stuff. You know, there's, there, there's one school of thought that, you know, the company is, is texting or calling or sending a letter. So you don't have to, but in a world where we have such a hard time differentiating ourselves from everybody else out there, you know, how do you, how do you separate yourself from a pack of zebras? Well, you have to be different. And one of the things we do in my office is we have a beginning of day list every morning and that's, that's our late pay call list. And about 70% of that list is the same people every month. But what what happens is you fall into this trap of once you start doing that, you can't really stop. You've either got to make the decision on the front end. Am I going to be, am I going to differentiate myself by my agency 
also calling on these people to let them know that they're late. And let me say this. I, I, I want to say this to all the new newer agents out there. Just in the past 12 months, we have moved from picking up the phone and calling people because people are so – we're in this text text revolution right now that people would much prefer us to just shoot them a text, uh, which we I think we do some of that now. Rather than calling them, we shoot them a text and just say, hey, just friendly reminder, your payment's due. But we, we do the, do that in our agency in addition to nationwide sending out letters and calls and doing all the things that they do, emails or whatever, depending on how they signed up. Uh, so it's kind of like double hitting them with, hey, your, your stuff's due and it's about to cancel. So that, that's, just a, that's just a value add that we have for our clients. So um, something we do in our office. Right. But, and I, I think texting is a way to go. The, the biggest yeah. issue, especially with the shopper type folks, um, mm-hmm. and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, is, is swapping cell phone numbers. I, I, I attended a meeting uh, with some, some other insurance professionals last week. And that mm-hmm. was one of the things that was brought up is texting, but the issue is is people swapping numbers. And I think that's why it's important to get them to opt in because they're saying that I'm going to be responsible if something happens and I don't get the text. You sure. Know? And I'll give a I'll give a if you don't mind, Scott, a shameless or not a shameless plug, but a plug to a company that does a really good job with texting for insurance agents. If you are an independent, I know it's a little harder if you're captive. You have to go through compliance and integration and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But a company called Touch Points Professional. You ever heard of them? I have not. Touch Points Professional. It's basically a texting CRM uh, that a buddy of mine owns, or sort of a buddy of mine owns, acquaintance, um, and basically uh, is designed for insurance agents. So it's a texting CRM that's designed for insurance agents. You have to do a lot of the stuff manually, I think. I don't know how much. Mm-hmm. How much I, don't, I don't use the product, but I do know mm-hmm. that it's a really, really good product. So that's something to look at, and it's about $120 a month. It's touch points professional guys. Mm-hmm. If you want to take a look at that and see if it can help your business, they I've didn't pay us it. for that. They didn't pay us for that. Yeah, no, they didn't. But if you guys want to, you know, get in touch with them and see how they could possibly help your business. Now that we're in the texting revolution, it's been proven that people would rather get a text message than a phone call. And texting um, has a ninety-nine point nine percent open rate. Bam. Email has a ten. Now email still <laughs> works. I'm a huge believer in e-bill. But email uh, still works, but but texting has a because nobody likes that stupid little annoying notification on their phone, right? And I don't know what that point zero one percent is. That just must be a psychopath. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you another reason it has a ninety nine percent open rate is because ninety nine percent of the time when you get a text, it's from somebody you know or or, or from from right. an individual. It's not you know you you open your Gmail account and you got four hundred and fifty spam emails from. 35 different companies and it's like hell i don't even i'm just gonna hit delete on all this yeah and i think Uh, the 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 important thing to remember with texting for marketing and this mm -hmm. is what i think a lot of people are doing wrong and i know in some some cases you can't help it because of compliance and that sort of thing but it doesn't look like a normal text right the number's four digits it needs to be nine Mm -hmm. and that how many digits is in the phone number yes 10 10 digits in the phone number yeah, 10. Uh, uh, it needs to be 10 digits. It needs to be a local number, and it mm-hmm. doesn't need to have reply stop at the end right. of every text. You know, so, and that's, I think that's one thing that Touchpoints does really well is that it comes from a local number, and the person can actually text it back. Right. And, and it, there's another person on that end. And I know uh, that State Farm has a pretty good texting platform. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to work for them. 
uh, that, that you can reply back and it comes to the agent's computer. So I think that's, that's something that's vital. You know, I get strong, I get reminders from, from several restaurants around here. Uh, you know, and it's oh, such and such is playing tonight, uh, that sort of thing. But you, there's no, you can't reply. I can't say, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. And you know, if any of you agents are out there looking for something like that, you know, Google, Google's got some stuff you can do. You can do some texting via computer, get a Google number. And, and, and I think you can do some of that via Google. Can't you Bradley? Absolutely. You can do that through Google voice. Uh, the That's issue it. that Google some voice. carriers have with it is it's a third party website, but right. I mean, come on, nobody is more secure than Google. Right. Google's right. not going to get hacked. You can buy their domain for $12 like that guy did in like North Dakota. <laughs> Some guy in North Dakota, Scott and I were talking about this last week, had a notification on GoDaddy for when Google.com comes available. And he just so happened to be sitting at his computer and the Google guys were like 10 seconds too late renewing the domain and he bought the domain for $12. Mm, tell him what he, what he let them pay him for. I think they, no, he didn't tell them anything. He was actually, I think, going to give it back to them. And just sort of did it as a joke, which I think they paid him like twelve. It was either twelve or eighteen grand for it, and he donated all the money to charity. And you and I both know he could have got. I mean, oh. they would have had to change the name of their company. Oh, um, and I, and I told Scott and I said, I said what I would do is I would I would say I don't want any money. I would want Bradley Flowers to come up first in every Google search about insurance that day. And what right. I would do is I would live stream my office that morning and see how long it would take for the phones to crash. Absolutely. And then I would post that video the next day, and that's where I would get my business from, not from the, the, the number one Google search result. Right. Yeah, that's incredible. I think the guy kind of undersold himself there. But, hey, kudos to him for you know not doing what most people would do, which is hold out for a million dollars and you know what whatever other ransom – you know, they, they would I don't think they would have paid him a million. They would have just added another O to Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would have been Google. Google. So so let's talk a little bit about referral partners today. What, what are your thoughts on referral partners? And then I'll give you mine. So I have a different point of view uh, with referral partners uh, when it comes especially to uh, real estate agents. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no offense to my, uh, my real estate agent friends. I, I tend to sway towards the loan officers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that is is the loan officers have access to the money. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a great idea. When I think about referral partners, I think the best example I've ever heard given about it was a guy that is uh, in leadership with BNI, uh-huh. Business Net. I think it's Business Networking Incorporated. His name's Jerry Williamson. Shout out to Jerry. When he's teaching the BNI classes, he does a and, and I'm not even involved in BNI right neither, now, but he, te- am I. He, te- he teaches a BNI class, kind of a beginner class for for people who join BNI. And one of the things and it really caught my attention as it relates to referral partners, but he draws on the board what I call a wagon wheel. And and again, this kind of goes back to our theme that we had from the very first episode about, you know, what is your vehicle? What are you trying to sell? And he draws in the center of that wagon wheel, whatever it is you're trying to go after. So if you're trying, you know, life insurance or business insurance, and you can even drill that down and put, you know, we're going after farms, you know, we want to sell farms. And then around the wagon wheel, you know, the spokes on the ragged wagon wheel, 
he puts all the individuals and types of people that he needs to get to to reach to get referral business for whatever it is he's selling. So I'll give you an example. So you draw the wagon wheel, you put insurance in the middle, and then around the wagon wheel, you draw, you write down, you know, real estate agents, uh, retirees, first-time home buyers, builders, commercial real estate brokers, mortgage people, property investors, uh, business owners. These are all people that can help you and then you, that's how you start building your referral base. You take each one of the spokes on the wagon wheel and you start writing down people's names that you need to get in front of that can help you not with one sale, okay, not with one sale, but with multiple sales or, or maybe can, can funnel business your way for years if you have that type of, you know, a really good relationship with them. That's probably the best example I've ever seen of how to to quit thinking so na- so narrowly about you know I need to go after home you know home first time home buyers. Well, instead of going after that one first time home buyer, like you said, go go to that mortgage guy that's doing twenty closings a week or a month, thirty a month, and and partner with him. And figure out how instead of getting one, you can get a hundred or two or three or four hundred a year. Right, right. I think you can do that with your marketing too, Scott. That wagon wheel. Yeah. A good buddy of mine, Marcus Neto, who owns a company called Bluefish, a marketing company. Mm-hmm. If you look, they film a show called Marketing Madness. If you look them up on Facebook, it's like episode. It's on July tenth. They post it. The title of the episode is Your Marketing Sucks, and basically they tell you how to do that wagon wheel as far as that goes. But no, I agree with you a hundred percent. I disagree with a lot of the things that BNI does, um, mm, right. but but they have a lot of good ideas and good principles. Sure, um, sure. But but here's here's a little stat. I got some numbers I want to throw at you that I've been googling over here. I talk to a lot of new agents. I'm pretty young. Uh, the industry tends to be trending younger, at least in in our in our area. So I have a lot mm-hmm. of younger, newer insurance agents who call me asking for advice, or, mm-hmm. or just business people in general. And that's not to toot my own horn. It's just as that that's the truth. Every new insurance agent, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to look up the number one real estate agent in their area or real estate agents in general because they tend to be a little easier to get to than loan officers. Loan officers are kind of behind the scenes, whereas a real estate agent is going to put themselves out there and do a lot of personal branding and that sort of thing. And, and this happened to me. This is personal experience. So, you know, I talked to these real estate agents that are supposed to be the best of the best and that sort of thing, and then they don't send you referrals. Mm-hmm. And you're like, either they already have a referral partner and you give up on it or you're pissed off at them. And I, ha- I mean, that happened to me. I had a few that I like overly um, explained and proved the point that I was the guy for the job. And, and I would answer, you know, I went to a, a, a seminar for Better Homes and Gardens real estate agents and talked to about 30 of them and said, look, guys, I'm going to promise you a quote in five minutes. And half the jaws dropped. I got I got no referrals. Not to say that that wasn't worth my time because it absolutely was because I made some good connections. But here's why when you mark, when you, you know, try to partner up with a real estate agent, here's why you're not going to get any referrals regularly. The average home price in America, a home sale price in America is $188,900. You agree with that? Yes. And I feel like that that's pretty comparable to the, you know, an average area. I mean, that's including New York City and in California, it's $188,900. The average commission typically on a real estate deal is, is 6%. 
So 6% of 188.9. Now, obviously, there's some situations where maybe five or eight or that sort of thing, but it's but it's typically six percent. So six percent of one hundred eighty-eight thousand nine hundred dollars is eleven thousand three hundred thirty-four dollars. So that's the commission that's carved out of that sale price, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, the buyer agent is not the seller agent, so half goes to to each. Mm-hmm. That cuts 50, us down to fifty-six sixty-seven. Right. So that's typically what that agent is going to make on that. But then you have broker fees. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the average broker fee is. Some people say 20%. Some people say 50. Uh, around here, I know some folks and it, it's 50. All mm-hmm. right. So 50%, that's $2,833 per sale. The average real estate agent in the United States of America, the last time I checked, this is the only thing I didn't Google because I know it off the top of my head. Typically, it's about $30,000. Now, that's also including the people, I understand that's also including the people that don't sell any homes, because there's a lot of people that say, I'm going to get my real estate license, I'm going to be a real estate agent, and then they don't do shit. Right. But, so that's $2,833, they make thirty grand. that's 10 houses a year. Typically, the only cases you're going to get a referral in a home buying situation is when somebody's current insurance is really, really high, and they need to get it down for the debt to income, mm-hmm. or it's somebody that doesn't have insurance. Now, out of 10 home sales... That might happen one time, you think, Scott? Something like that. You're yeah. not you're not gonna get all ten. So it's not that they're ignoring you, they're not they're not sending them to and that might be the case, they're not sending people your way, but it's not necessarily that. It's because they're not selling any homes. Right. You're not right. you know, you're ten homes a year. So so to build up a, a real estate agent funnel of real estate agent referral partners, and again, I'm not picking on the real estate agents. One of my best, best buddies is a real estate agent and a marketing genius. But it's 10 homes a year. They're, they're just not selling any homes. So you have to build up a huge quiver of arrows that are real estate agents in order just to get a few sales off of it that is worth your time. That's right. why I always go the loan officer route because one loan officer can do the same amount of referrals as 100 real estate agents because they may be doing 10 homes a week mm-hmm. or a day. That's right. You know, and they're got they're the guys that are in there with the financing and can say, hey, I already got you an insurance quote even before – you have a chance to call your your current your current company or current agent. Absolutely. So, so I think that's I know that's a really simple example, but I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. Is I'm gonna go market to uh, such and such you know insurance agent and and it or excuse me real estate agent and it they don't get any they waste a lot of time doing that. That's one thing that I tell them is look don't put don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know what I call that, Bradley? What's that? Fish where the fish are. Exactly. Exactly. If you if you were fishing in a bass boat on the lake down here in Gunnersville, do you want to go in a hole where there's two or three fish, or do you want to go in a hole where your fish finder's just blowing up with fish? Of, co- of course, you want to go to that hole. So, right. Right. You know and why I, would you why would you want to go to one one real estate agent or ten real estate agents that sell four or five houses when you can go to that that mortgage person that's doing 30, 40, 50, 80 loans a month. And of course we're talking about home insurance right now, but a lot of times that's a good place to start because if you get the home, you're probably going to get the autos, right? Right. Exactly. In fact, I, I typically try to lead with a home on the personal line side. Of course, I don't do a ton of personal lines business. The home uh, moves myself. the needle. The home moves the needle. That's right. The home moves the needle, but it brings in the auto, and it's harder to do that in reverse if you're trying to lead with the auto to bring the home in. Right. And in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, and I, I just want to say, too, I think a lot of uh, I think networking groups are good. I do, too. Uh, not bringing anybody by name. 
I think networking groups are good. I think they're awesome when you are uh, trying to get started. However, I think in the long run, you're better off sending maybe one of your team members to mm-hmm. networking groups because you can mm-hmm. waste a lot of time in networking groups. Absolutely. And, I, and by networking groups, I mean weekly. You, sure. you know where I'm getting at. Um, sure. Because the, the issue that the issue that I have is a lot of these networking groups, they require you to give out so many referrals. Mm-hmm. And people will give you referrals that are not real referrals. Right. So I think that the, the better way is to just white knuckle it and, and, and do it the, the real way, build relationships, being that guy. I mean, Scott, this is what I did. So when I first got to Saraland, I went into the Saraland chamber, uh, which is, which at that time was heavily dominated by one insurance person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, had everybody wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And so I go in there and literally, and I've been in the chamber five years and I've mm-hmm. literally not solicited one person for insurance. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten a lot of business from the chamber. Mm-hmm. I just go there. I'm just there. I'm a figure that I'm at, I'm at every single chamber meeting and I don't solicit anybody. I'm just there. I'm, I'm making a name for myself. People are getting to know me personally. And then what right. happens is when they, when their insurance goes up or they have an issue, they're going to call me first, mm-hmm. which is the whole point of marketing is mm-hmm. you want to be the first person that pops in their head when they think of X. And so that's that's the way that I network. I go to a networking event, and I don't. I'm not the guy that's going to shove the business card in your face. If anything, it's off putting. You know, it's lazy. I hate it when people come to come up to me and here's my business card, and like, okay, well, <laughs> can you romance a person first? To, right, to quote right, Gary right. V. And uh, and so that's that's something that I would suggest is is you have to have patience. You have to have a lot right. of patience when it comes to to building solid referral partners. I mean, you can, yeah, you can go out there and shove your business card in people's face and go knock on 80 realtors doors or loan officers doors in a week. And yeah, you'll get some business off of it, but you're not going to build any long-term sustainability, you know? And what happens, Hey, what happens if all 80 of those send you a referral this week, you're not going to be able to handle them and then you're going to discredit yourself. Exactly. Well, and and I'm going to go, I'm going to go Gary V on you for just a second. Guys, if you're not following Gary Vaynerchuk on, uh, on YouTube is his daily V it's, it's, it's really good. If you're an entrepreneur, you really need to look that up. I mean, he's done how something like 200 and something episodes of that last about, you know, anywhere from what, 10, 15, 20 minutes, I guess, uh, to watch it. But there are some that are an hour, but yeah, it's yeah. really that show just to watch how he handles his day mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that's what I look at. I look at how he yep. interacts with people and not necessarily mm-hmm. what's going on, but just like, like how he handles himself is to me mm-hmm. the, the best part about that. Yeah, and, and to that point, guys, I'm going to give you guys, and I want you to write this down, okay? If you if you got a second, grab a pen and paper. You need to write this down. I know I know you need to go in a few minutes, and we're going to get off here in just a second. But, you know, we're talking today about how to build referral partners, and I'm going to give you guys some Scott Howell, Gary Vaynerchuk rules, and this kind of falls in line with exactly what Bradley's been talking about here the last few minutes. So rule number one is give value first. You know, when you meet these people, give value first. What does that mean? Well, once you get to know them, you know, if there's something that they need or something they want, get, give them that value first and then don't expect anything back in return. I think a lot of people do things for other people with an immediate expectation that they're going to get something back from this. And so what I've tried to do, you know, with what, what I do is 
when I, people come to me with that need help, and if they're a referral partner of mine or a business partner of mine, I try to give value first, and then I do not expect anything in return. And that is really, really hard for people to do. Most people do something with the intent of, in the back of their mind, thinking, well, I'm going to get something out of this. Which is the problem with a lot of networking groups. Absolutely. A buddy of mine Absolutely. told me one time it's like walking into a, a tank of sharks with business cards. Right, exactly. You, so, you need to be selfless. You, you, you're right. 51, 49. You That's know, I'm going to give 51 going. and expect 49, and I know I, 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 I stole your, your, your point, but. That's that's exactly where I was going. I've got the T-shirt from Gary Vaynerchuk, fifty-one forty-nine, and people ask me all the time, "What does that mean?" Well, it means whether it's in your personal life or in business. If we had a jury of five hundred people that were standing there and 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 they understood the story of what you've given to that other person versus what they've given back to you, you always want to know that those five hundred people would say that you've given. 51% in that relationship to the other person's 49. Don't be a don't be a taker, be a giver. And that's really what the 5149 is on the t-shirt. And, and I guess last but not least is, is and and this will just happen naturally if you're doing all the things that we just talked about, but just building personal relationships with mortgage brokers, with, you know, uh, real estate agents with property managers or who, whoever it is that you're trying to get to, to build relationships for whatever that vehicle is that you're trying to sell, you know, figure out who you need to be in front of and start building those relationships and giving value and not having any expectation of what's going to come back your way. And usually not all the time, but usually you will find yourself getting a call on a random Thursday at four o'clock that, Hey Scott, I got somebody I think needs to do some business with you. Right. Would you agree? Right. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And I mean, I, Scott, I've got relationships I've built with quote unquote referral partners that I probably should dump and never talk to again, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to worry about helping you out and giving to you and how can I help you? I'm going to, I'm going to, plug your business on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter, and you're never going to do anything for me, but eventually one day it's going to work out. So absolutely. absolutely. All right, buddy, wrapping up any other points? No, man, I, guys, this is, again, this is Scott Howell and Bradley flowers, the insurance guys for agents by agents. Remember what I always say. Rewards come from action, not discussion. Get out there today Stop talking about it and start being about it and get out there in, in the big bad world we live in and go sell something to help you and your family. Go help the insurance agency or the company that you represent and go write good business for the companies that you write insurance through. Bradley Flowers, I hope you have a great rest of the week, brother. I love you. All right, buddy. Thank you. you have right. a good one. All right, man. See you guys. Have a great week, folks, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of The Insurance Guys. Take care.